Jono, Tommy, I'm going to give you a phrase, okay? And I want you to give me an example sentence that includes that phrase and puts it in context for what it means, okay? Jono, we're going to start with you. Time is on my side. Well, at least time is on my side, if nothing else. (laughs) Yeah, fine, great. Let's keep I'm it loose. I'm so glad John went first. I had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah, okay, I thought I I'd start I'm with that. Going, yeah. Right, Tommy, your turn. <laughs> okay. Turn back the hands of time. Turn back the hands of time and imagine you are a teenager again. Brilliant. Jono, back to you. A whale of a time. Ah, uh, when we got the inflatables out, just had a whale of a time. Was there an inflatable whale amongst oh. those? Who knows? Who knows? Lovely. Thank you, Johnny. Tommy, only time will tell. Oh, he's lost eight tasks. Can he go any further? Only time will tell. That's great. A little reference back to The Apprentice. And finally, it's one for me. And the phrase is time well spent. Got it. Investing in something of quality that will endure a lifetime can be time well spent. And so let me tell you about Marlowe Watch Company, creators of British-designed mechanical watches and sponsors of this podcast. With Marlowe, each collection of watches is influenced by a historical story of inspiring human endeavour. And not only are they pleasing to the eye, they're reassuring to hold and to wear. Visit marlowwatchcompany.com to see for yourself. And if you're looking for reassurance elsewhere, you'll find the words quality and value come up time and again in independent online reviews. Marlowe Watch Company. Time well spent. I have been known to laugh at quite a few of our mutual friends' misfortunes. You might say you're renowned for it. Yeah. I think slightly unfairly, but yeah. (laughs) Because my wife has a similar reaction to you when I hurt myself. And it was just funny because, you know, it's very mild-mannered generally. So The Apprentice was pretty ruthless, but if someone else had been fired, you had survived. And I'm trying to remember how I felt. Mainly relieved. (laughs) This week, we're talking about schadenfreude. A German word made up of schaden, meaning damage or hurt, and freude, meaning joy. In other words, taking pleasure in others' misfortunes. Does me laughing at this say something terrible about me? Hello and welcome to Sketchplanations, the podcast. You'll never believe what this listener did after she tuned in to this week's episode. Also, here's seven things you need to know about Sketchplanations, the podcast hosts. And don't miss out because this weird trick will take your podcast listening experience to whole new levels. And finally... This guy listened to Sketchplanations, the podcast, on the way to work. What happened next will blow your mind. Hmm, right then. I feel like we might have grabbed your attention, maybe. With some of the oldest clickbait tricks in the book. Ha! (laughs) Come on. Of course we're not going to talk about any of that. It's meaningless. There's no substance to any of it. Plus, we've got some serious podcasting to do. I'm Rob Bell, and joining me once again, the Wikipedia of wonder, John O'Hay, and the BuzzFeed of Brainiacs, it's Tom Pellero. Hello. How's it, my bro? <laughs> I'm really Very intrigued good. by those clickbaits. So are we going to get the answers, or is that I know, just... I, can't, I quite want to listen now. <laughs> would you, have you ever, would you ever find yourself <laughs> clicking on 
clickbait articles because of the, those headlines that just drags you in when you're tired and your guard's down? Oh, they're so annoying, aren't they? And uh, I hate some browsers that kind of bring them up as default. They just appear as soon yeah. as you open the browser and you're like, oh, yeah. just, ah, but your brain just goes, ooh, but no, I came here to do something important. And and you know that there's absolutely nothing in that article, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm... I'm not into celebrity gossip at all, but every now and then I do find myself clicking through to read some no-news celebrity story. Like, I don't know, Tiger Woods has been seen buying shoes in a shop somewhere, but the headline is something like, Shocking! Tiger Woods spotted in shoe store. You won't believe what he's buying. You're like, he's buying shoes. That's it. And you read through the story. That's it. That's all there is. Literally. It's it's the same same on um, YouTube now as well, isn't it? Because you... Yeah, I mean, you've got such a small thing to get your message across that, it, well, actually, YouTube, at least you get a thumbnail as well. But yeah, it's like, I bought 800,000 bricks. You'll never guess what I did with them. And I see the kids, and they're like, they can't help but like, watch that stuff because you're like, <laughs> but who cares? <laughs> Yeah, I never cared you, what he did with eight hundred thousand bricks before. Have you ever been tempted to? No, but I, I'm intrigued. Now. <laughs> uh, I, I'll, I'll ask you later. Um, have you ever been used to? Have you ever been um, tempted to use a bit of clickbaiting in your marketing, Tommy? The the old sort of five beauty hacks or the ten best things you could do with a like those those do work, and our PR company have have written things mm-hmm. like that in the past, uh, and we do uh, mm-hmm. think about uh, writing them, and we do think about writing blog and and Chat GPT can be very powerful for for writing blogs, but as you say, it does seem to be pretty sort of pointless. So it's always that question of do you play the game um, or you know do you do you try and rise above it? And certainly we do try to rise above it with our innovation, but sometimes you do get told you should just learn to play the game as well. Yeah. There is a difference between um, clickbait titles and, uh, you know, clever, I don't know if clever is the right word, but kind of clever punny headlines as well, aren't there? I agree. Yeah, sometimes can... things can be fun. And also sometimes can, things can be really helpful. Like we've written a lot of bacteria um, copy about um, why you should clean your makeup brushes. And it looks just like it's clickbait, but it's actually like really helpful advice. Yeah, I, th- I think some of it is finding the really interesting thing in what you're doing so like going through like a little process of just ideating you know five or ten titles and picking the best one and then working to improve it it's just like good copywriting and actually there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that if that is what you are actually showing when you click through right like i think yes yeah yeah if there's if there's a point to what you're doing and you're just expressing the point better then great express it in an interesting way so that i'm intrigued to learn but don't draw me into some no story. Yeah, I get I get strong like I'm anti click sentiment for the clickbait titles now. Like I'm not gonna click on that in yeah. principle. I know what you're doing. In principle, yeah. I'm just that <laughs> I refuse. I refuse if you're gonna use that tactic on me. Let's dispense with the clickbait, right? Do away with the sensationalism. Let's just be frank. What's about to happen next might not blow your mind, but it might expand your horizons. It might leave you deep in thought. Or, at the very least, it will while away the next 40 minutes or so. I'll say it as plainly as I can. Here's this week's podcast. I want to know what the guy did with the bricks. (laughs) (laughs) 
This week, we're talking about schadenfreude, a German word made up of schaden, meaning damage or hurt, and freude, meaning joy. In other words, taking pleasure in others' misfortunes. And already, just thinking about it, has brought a semi-reluctant grin to my face. <laughs> uh, but you should be able to see the scenario that Jono set out to explain this in his sketch up on your podcast player screens right now. But if not, then follow the link in the podcast description down below, and that will take you through to this illustration on sketchplanations.com, the home for the literally hundreds of sketchplanations in circulation. Um, Jono, do you want to explain this sketch? Explain what's in the sketch a little bit and then tell us a bit more about what uh, what schadenfreude is. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, the sketch the sketch is pretty simple. I was just yeah, literally trying to explain this concept and think up a, a scene where you could you could just see the situation happening where you might you could understand from the participant's point of view that the feeling it and so so what's happening is in a way there's almost like two here so perhaps there's a bit yes. there's a bit double right so in yeah. the scene you've got uh an innocent looking person at the front of the <laughs> at the front of the picture who's just who's carrying a massive pile of books and they've just tripped up and the books are about to fly everywhere at the same time, it is funny. Yeah. It is funny. <laughs> yeah, I'd laugh at that if you saw what happened. And at the same time, you've got some some fellow in the background who spotted that, and he's pointing at the person and laughing out loud with a bit of glee about the fact that they're about to drop all their books. And yet, that person is not paying attention to where they're going, and they're about to fall in a hole, which is right in front of them. <laughs> And so, and so the idea, the idea with this, as you might imagine, was in a way you can see that the guy at the back, who doesn't look very friendly, is laughing at the guy dropping the books, and so maybe they're feeling a bit of Schadenfreude, which is the pleasure at someone else's misfortune. But what's going to happen next is the person who was being a bit mean, perhaps, is about to fall in the hole, and so even this, even this innocent person who's about to throw their books on the floor <laughs> might get a little satisfying feeling of revenge in a way at the person who's just uh, been laughing at them as they as they fall into the hole and I put, I put on the quote there because I thought it was quite a nice quote like Friedrich Nietzsche once called it the revenge of the impotent the schadenfreude so yeah take it taking a bit of pleasure at someone else's misfortune Yes. And that um, quote there from Nietzsche, uh, the revenge of the impotent, that really says to me that, you know, that misfortune that's happened to that other person it is likely nothing to do with with you, the person who's enjoying that. Right. Yeah. And, and actually, I think often it's you perhaps experience it a bit more from a from a slight distance. It's a bit yes. easier to experience it than right than right in somebody's face. Yeah, it is. T Tommy, what's your experience with schadenfreude? It, it's, a, it's a number of different levels, isn't it? There's the slapstick humour level, which I think it can be just so hilarious um, to see. For some reason, there is a certain level of humour at seeing a certain level of misfortune happen to another. Often, actually, someone you know being the better. Like, the more you know someone. And, and also, for me, it does have to be quite innocent, like, and and clearly not too painful for them um uh, i think it is is quite it's quite important um but yeah the, the slapstick humor of it is brilliant let's just revel in that for a little <laughs> while shall we because 
I uh, I have been known to laugh at quite a few of our mutual friends' misfortunes in <laughs> accidents they've had, and and as you say, Tommy, it's it's important that you know they're not too seriously hurt. Or it's yeah, important so, to me. Some, anyway. have, <laughs> some, some have pushed those boundaries somewhat. You might say you're renowned for it. Yeah. In fact, Rob. Yeah. I think slightly unfairly, but yeah. <laughs> um, so preparing for the podcast, I'm, I was sitting at the desk thinking about examples of this. And I can't help but laugh now just <laughs> thinking through, thinking them through in my head. They're still so funny. I mean, I could think of uh, a friend, Philly, crashing over his handlebars, mountain biking down a track. And uh, he broke his sunglasses. He flipped right over the front. He went over a big log. There's so, so many for our our mate, Nolsey. Yeah. Um, fell off a moped in Thailand and burnt his leg on the exhaust. Uh, <laughs> did a ski flip, backflip, unintended on his part, and, and he fractured his spine. Uh, he fell down a he fell down a crevasse on that, on that second one because I was very much there and unfortunately recorded it on my camera as he came down and I yes. seem to remember you were in fits of giggles unable to even when the ski patrol was arriving you were kind of unable to talk to them because you felt so bad yeah, I had to were... take myself off because it, and it's horrible I didn't want to be laughing I understood the seriousness of the situation and the amount of pain that he was in but I just I couldn't stop laughing <laughs> but I I'm not sure if that's Schadenfreude though. And I'd be really interested to talk to you guys about that because I think there's something else going on there. I, I, I really try not to l- laugh. I don't want to be laughing. I know that I shouldn't be. I, I feel like it's it's inappropriate laughing as opposed to Schadenfreude. Yeah, I wonder. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause... Well, I started and I started looking into inappropriate laughing. Yes. And there, there there is like some stuff medically about that. Right. It's it's on a sliding scale of severity, but it's also called paradoxical laughter, pathological laughter and the the, the pseudo bull bar effect. Mm. And medically, it's been associated with various conditions such as schizophrenia and psychosis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> so it's, so but it's, I, I, it's not looking any better for you, Rob. Here, It's, it's not. <laughs> but I don't I'm not sure if it's schadenfreude that when I'm laughing at our friends who have hurt themselves when I, I don't want to be and I get I don't get any joy out of it other than the, the joy that laughter brings you I don't know it's a tricky one yeah, there's you, some kind of wiring some kind of emotional wiring mix up in there maybe you're definitely not funny at funny in terms of re- revengefulness right or exactly. one you just I'm not it's just funny so what I mentioned in the description of the sketch was um, and it's part of what made made me think of it at the time so it was there was a book by tiffany watt smith called schadenfreude where she investigated you know what schadenfreude there was and um the joy at another's misfortune or in fact why we feel better when bad things happen to other other people. yeah and i think yeah. in, in part of it there and i read in an article about it they distinguish between like good schadenfreude and bad schadenfreude and a good i don't know how i was thinking about this because um babies and little kids right they will just laugh when in fact they love it when like adults hurt themselves yeah in kind of a yeah. funny way and like even yeah. as a baby so you know I, I remember if the if the kids were like upset or they tripped over or anything and actually 
our elders would sometimes do that for our youngest now as a way of cheering him up he'd just do silly things like whack himself on the head or like walk or pretend the to fall over and, then fall, and pretend yeah. to fall over and uh, you know and it's, it's the classic like stepping on a rake or something like that <laughs> yeah. and so some of that is is yeah i don't know there's something quite innate there but there's nothing there's nothing like there's no sense of that revenge or or gloating no. or, or anything like that and then and then there was the the bad Schoenfreude, which was this, you have the pleasure, but it swirled a bit with shame, which was, mm. d- does does me laughing at this say something terrible about me that I'm, yeah. you know, I'm really happy that that guy didn't get the promotion because I really don't like him and they were mean to me, like that kind of thing. Yes. As opposed to, yeah, some, somebody hurt themselves. Because I, I, I think uh, when I mentioned that we were going to talk about this, because my wife has a similar re- reaction to you, <laughs> Rob, when I hurt myself. Yeah, and it was just funny because, you know, it's very mild-mannered generally. But I was trying to think, we were uh, we were in the in the mountains in the snow and we went sledding. And we had this like, round sled and we'd hiked up the hill and the kids were having a brilliant time. And I hiked up and I was going to lie on the sled and go down on my chest, face first. And of course I put the put the sled down holding it with both hands the first thing that happened facing downhill and the first thing that happened was the sled went off on my hands and I face planted into the snow and and it really quite hurt but she could do nothing but laugh and it's the same you know you're walking around in the the bedroom and you catch your knee on the bed corner of the bed or something and for some reason it's just funny and I don't think she's got some secret like oh Great, he's finally getting a taste of his own medicine there. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's, there's no sense of revenge, and and so and so that those those were the two elements that that I think I was confused by. And I, I don't think I had appreciated maybe the nuance within this term Schadenfreude before. I thought it was all about laughing at other people's misfortunes in that way that I find myself and your wife Jono as well find herself doing. But there is more nuance, and so you say, are you saying that there's this kind of good schadenfreude and, and bad schadenfreude, if you want to kind of simplify it. That's what they talked about. So, yeah, I think like in, in perhaps in the ones that you're doing, you don't have that sense of shame. So like a, a lot of the other examples are quite like <laughs> you, you perhaps you find it a bit funny, but you also realize that you shouldn't find mm. it funny and you perhaps don't like it that much. And so, I was I was trying to think um so one that one that would happen for me which I think is probably in the bad side was you know I've had these times when like you're driving along perfectly fine there's a really aggressive driver comes up behind you they're pushing past you eventually they just zoom around you and then it's somehow really satisfying to me to catch up with them in a minute with them sat at a traffic light and me just roll Ooh. gently past them. <laughs> yes. Just looking at their window, you know. And <laughs> like it should, I mean, they should just be another car as by the time I get to the traffic light, but they're Absolutely. not. There's something about like, yeah, see, you can just Or, or even, even better, when they sped past you, they get flashed by a speed camera. That would just be like, yeah. oh. Or you, you, you see them being pulled over for a speeding ticket or something. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> so, But that one, you know, like there... You're actually reveling a bit in yes. genuinely their mis 
fortune and and it is a bit more of the revenge side of it isn't it yeah i was thinking about this earlier i came up with the term the villains comeuppance mm. that's that's i thought that yeah that about does it another another example of that and that um i didn't come up with this i i, I read it somewhere after a waiter has perhaps been treating you quite rudely in a restaurant you might secretly enjoy seeing him trip up and drop his tray and having soup all over himself later on. It's that villain's come up, it's right. Yeah, initially it was funny. I was thinking about films and, and villains as well because actually, in some ways, at least a lot of like Western plots for films, like bad guys getting their comeuppance is like a really yeah. central part of a yep. plot, isn't it? You know, And I guess as, as a reviewer... You, yeah, you sort there's of something enjoy that we moment. really like about it. Yeah, there must be something in, in us that sort of enjoys seeing that. Maybe it's a, a sort of karma thing as well. Um, uh, I, I wonder if the laughing aspect is something clearly it amuses us, but a lot of these things come from somewhere. And, and certainly I find when kids kind of hurt themselves, sometimes I have to be really careful not to clearly be laughing and Poppy gets quite angry sometimes if I'm laughing uh, and I have to like look away and not talk but it's like but that was quite funny but obviously she doesn't but but also pain can often be healed by laughing oneself so I don't know if that mm. kind of helped by by us laughing at them they then laugh like that expression you know laugh it off or that that sort of thing maybe maybe it's something we do to kind of encourage that person to also laugh and sort of get themselves through that pain potentially i, I don't know yeah or if it is just purely an evil thing <laughs> no no like it, yeah it could be like a, a, a manner of coping in many ways yeah you certainly don't wish your daughter to hurt herself in any way right so it's a bit different i was, I was some of the examples was in football and as a football fan go on well i I think it's just little more satisfying. Like if you go to watch a game and there's a really niggly player in the in the other team mm. and they're always yeah. like, I don't know, falling over, getting free kicks, leaving their leg in, complaining to the ref. It's so satisfying if they go on to like get sent off or miss a yeah. penalty or something, right? Yeah, 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 like, it is. And you're like, ah, take that. <laughs> and yeah. apparently there was a there was a. a a study in 2015 where fans smiled more readily when rivals missed a penalty than when their own team scored. <laughs> I believe it. I totally believe That's it. So and, harsh, isn't it? Yeah, and then there's sort of classic one. Obviously, like you know, Germany have been so good as a football team for basically our whole lifetime, and so I, th- I think it's sort of built in for England fans to have this like satisfaction secret sort of satisfaction if Germany are not doing well yeah and apparently when when Germany went out to to Spain in the World Cup the viewership skyrocketed as everybody yeah. came in to, to, to listen and watch them go out um but that's and it's and it is there I think it's like you because they you know they've been so good for so long and there's a sense of like justice at last you know but very topical given the the origin of of the word yeah, yeah, perhaps. Although somebody, I, I did read somewhere that maybe it came from, from I mean, it's a German word, but it, from Dutch as a, a concept originally. I, I read yeah. um, there was a really nice article in the, in the Guardian by Stuart Jeffries when he was he was talking about the book Tiffany wrote, and he said, "I much prefer bad Schadenfreude, the the boss calling himself the head of pubic services on an important letter, 
the, the joy the Remainers took in the apostrophe in the slogan, Brexit means Brexit, um, where there was an apostrophe in the means, where yeah. no, no apostrophe required, or giggling over the MP who called Jane Austen our greatest living author, um, who's been dead for... Yeah, centuries, <laughs> scores of years. Um, but there, and there were other ones where they shouldn't be funny, but somehow it sort of is. There was an example of like NASA lost a hundred and twenty-five million dollar Mars orbiter because half the team were using imperial measurements and the other half metric. That is quite enjoyable, isn't it? I, I mean, it Why? Shouldn't be because you know nobody is benefiting there. <laughs> no. no. Why? Why is that enjoyable though? It's the silliness. It's the I have absolutely no interest in NASA screwing up. No. It doesn't... No. You know, I'd much rather that they do succeed with what they're trying to do and advance our knowledge of, of space. But for some reason, I do find that funny. <laughs> the, over, yeah. the oversimplification of an error that an organisation who, you know, who we all believe to be so intelligent and that, and that we wouldn't be good enough to join could make such a sort of common sense equal type of mistake, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think like Tiffany, what Smith talks about, like you, you identify a, a feat when you get that smile. There's something in there that gave you that satisfaction, and I think quite often it's about feeling superior. And maybe there is a little bit there, like God, those idiots or something. And like you're not an idiot, they're, they're an idiot. So this, this yeah. to me was almost another, like a another little branch off of that bad schadenfreude that um, yeah. Tiffany Watt Smith was talking about right so first of all it was that villains come up and start thing that um, we talked about just a minute ago that's kind of revenge factor but then yeah that that feeling of superiority over someone that was a new concept for me as well uh, for schadenfreude I'd not thought about it like that before as I said I only think about it in that I had only thought about it in that pure slapstick way but yeah, I found that really interesting, that that feeling of superiority over somebody because they have suffered some misfortune or a fail of, of some kind. I, 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 yeah, I find it, I actually find it, I, I find it hard to uh, understand that emotion. It's definitely not as funny. Like if you feel that you're laughing at someone because you feel that you're superior, that's... Not uh, yeah, I'm funny. not sure it's, it's necessarily Slapstick the laughing. Is... It's just that feeling of joy, isn't it? It's that feeling of ha-ha yeah. type thing. But that's, that, to me, feels a bit shameful. That I, I well, yeah, want but... to feel I'm laughing at someone because of that. I'm laughing at someone because maybe it is sort of slapstick funny, but unfortunately what you're saying is potentially I'm actually laughing at them because that gives me a superiority boost sort of thing. But by all accounts, and a lot of psychology... Studies go on to show this, and um, Tiffany Watt-Smith as well talks about this in her article, that, you know, there is a natural human reaction, that you can have this. This was what I found really interesting. You can simultaneously experience the emotions of joy and sympathy at the same time, joy at that misfortune and sympathy for that person at the same time. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. You can simultaneously have these, these two quite opposed emotions and if you do you're not the only one who has that in the world you know yeah. billions of people experience this all the time for, for me i would only feel joy if somebody gets a promotion that's brilliant for them unless for some reason deep down i was jealous of them or something right you know why that why are they getting this and not me or something like that and and that and that's where i think the shame sort of potentially comes out but these but again it's so important to remind 
you and the listeners when we're talking about this is these are all natural emotions and reactions of being a human you know a lot of people react this way hmm. yeah no, but I, I was trying i mean i was trying to think of examples i was like it's quite hard to think of examples that didn't or don't reveal something that i don't really like about myself. <laughs> <laughs> we're back to one of these yeah. we're back to one of these topics yeah, we've had a couple yeah. of these yeah all i could really remember <laughs> is examples of rob doing this stuff all i could really remember was examples of other people um right well i'll 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 accept that but i'll accept it on the grounds that we all acknowledge that that is the good shot for (laughs) it yes all right okay so i was obviously on a show where each every three days someone would get fired tom here we go yes of course what a great example so the apprentice was pretty ruthless in the fact that someone would go the whole time um, but if someone else had been fired you had survived um, mm. and I'm trying to remember how I felt mainly Cause didn't, relieved there, there, weren't there a couple of guys weren't there a couple of guys on there who you developed quite good friendships with yes but you always had to be very careful with that in the fact that you know it was very likely you were going to end up in the boardroom with them and I did mm. find it a little bit naive of some people that they made really quite tight bonds early on to to the sort of detriment of other people so to speak because if you're really pally with this person you're potentially going to irritate that other person because then you know these cliques build up and I didn't really get that because I'm like ultimately it's very likely you two are going to end up in the boardroom against each other so mm. And be careful but certainly i think each each firing it was a case of being relieved that it wasn't me um and being actually quite uh, feeling a uh, sorrow for that other person mainly there was only one person who i was really quite glad when they got fired and it wasn't me um <laughs> Uh, that, was, but, that was your moment that, of that was that was yeah exactly. <laughs> but i don't good, i don't remember human. laughing <laughs> it wasn't no, really you a, know tom you know the, the boardroom wasn't really an opportunity for laughter um but it was probably more relief but a yeah. little smirk on the inside no yeah no <laughs> i was, might as well have been laughing your head off <laughs> in hindsight i sort of wish i had been but then the thing is if you'd laughed in that boardroom you probably would have got fired immediately straight afterwards for not taking it seriously so that would have been <laughs> so then that person would have had their thingy against you know the shovel further against me so or, or karma i think it's probably the best word for it well that tom you raised an interesting point there are you guys aware of schadenfreude that other people have experienced due to your own misfortunes failures misgivings i'm sure for seven how many weeks did i lose in the apprentice it's a lot isn't it it's, it's probably a lot of people are laughing at me being bad again that, that was your secret tom because you lost them all yes. nobody every, everybody felt superior to you already <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you snuck up through the end it took them by surprise i was yeah I was thinking. I was thinking of this one time when, again, and this was one where the, it doesn't necessarily reveal. Well, it reveals in hindsight something. I'm like, yeah, I wasn't being the best person there. I don't remember. There's no judgment. There's no judgment in in this podcast. Schadenfreude is anonymous. Um, yes. <laughs> go on. So my name's Jonathan, and um, <laughs> I first felt Schadenfreude. No. Um, <laughs> we had a, a, a housemate we were living with in in the US. Brilliant guy, great friends. I remember we had bought these really nice wine glasses, 
and we always washed them up. And I, I think I remember that he'd used one, he'd put one in the dishwasher and it had broken. And I was a bit, I, was, I remember feeling like, oh, that's a bit annoying. We always wash these out, right? And I remember saying to him, I remember saying to him, with the glasses, it's much better if you wash them up. And, and he, he was like, oh, well, how would you normally do it? And I said, I was just like this, get really hot water, swirl it round, boom. And then I held the glass and I was like, and then I just give it a little shake, boom, and I shook it in the air and smashed it on the tap. <laughs> <laughs> The, the second, the second glass, and it was a real. Yeah, bring me back down to earth from my uh, my high yes, pedestal. I better still with of teaching him how to look after my glasses properly. Yes, that's <laughs> very I'm, good. I'm a better person as of that moment. Sorry. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> I apologise. Many years later, that that's verging in the into the bad Schadenfreude, right? I think. Well, you it's know, when, I, I it's probably because... had a small sense of superiority that I knew how to do this better. Yeah, well, yeah. And there was me yeah. demonstrating it and it left with egg on my face. And then, but and as I say, no so. judgment. There's no judgment. <laughs> Good or bad. They're just words that we're using to define these two areas yeah. of uh, of behaviours and activities. And my wife I think yeah. burst into laughter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Of course you did. Good. Good. And I think True to form. An example of where you have to be really careful sometimes that you're focusing on the wrong thing. Like when you were normally cleaning a glass, you were focusing on the glass and being careful. But in that moment where you were cleaning it and trying to explain to him, you were potentially focusing on you know, potentially focusing on your own superiority or potentially focusing on him rather than the glass and so therefore a mistake is made. And certainly I have to really be careful that I'm focusing on the right thing in all instances. Otherwise, I make dreadful mistakes reg- regularly. Um, I don't know if that dreadful. makes any sense. <laughs> but it's so often when you're trying to show someone how to do something you then really mess it up because you're not focusing on the thing you're focusing on them or yourself it's like when when you had to demonstrate to everybody how to shoot the (laughs) shoot a shot from the edge of the area Rob, wasn't it (laughs) that's exactly the one that only this second came to mind (laughs) that we were enjoying when we were up in the peak district the other week yeah at football training years ago at university i'd been practicing all summer how to absolutely drill the ball from outside the box and have a shot that would just keep low to the ground and go really fast and difficult for the goalkeeper to save and i'd 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 really improved at it and i had a bit of skill and consistency behind it and the coach saw this at some point during the training session and so stopped everybody for me to demonstrate in front of everybody just how good this was. And I felt that, I felt superior. I was like, yeah, I've bloody got this. I am absolutely got this. So he rolled the ball out from the left into just outside the box, roughly in the middle. And I I put my foot behind it and that ball sailed over the crossbar. It sailed over the fence behind the football pitch. It sailed over the fence that protects the athletics track. And it landed in the middle of the field, in the middle of the athletics track. And what did you do? Well, I just kept on running and uh, went to, ran off into the darkness to go and collect my ball and came back about 20 minutes later. So the, so the schadenfreude there was everybody else who was like on their knees with laughter. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who was feeling superior over everybody else in the team suddenly oh, but it's oh so wow harsh, the tables turned you didn't want to be put in that position particularly no, no but that's the beauty of it though yeah it can come at any time i, I remember I, I don't link to it from the sketch but there's another 
sketch which I like, which is quite related actually. Um, you, you'll have heard of um, Murphy's Law. Yes. Yeah. So Murphy's Law is like if if it can go wrong, it will go wrong, and yeah. Murphy's Law is like yeah, wallowing in. Uh, course it went wrong um, it's just murphy's law the, the, the classic example being if you drop a piece of bread that you've buttered on one side it will land butter side down yes right yeah of course it landed butter side of course right. it yeah landed. but there's so there's one called muffrey's law muffrey's law yeah which is a different right. a, a deliberate misspelling of murphy's yeah. law okay and muffrey's law is when criticizing spelling or grammar of someone else, you'll have made a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, is, which is just such a classic, yeah, a classic scenario where you, you you take. It's like it's exactly me with the with the wine glass. Take at pains to point out the proper way to do it, and then yeah, and then absolutely <laughs> smashing it out. <laughs> so and if that people. is. And if that is in some kind of social media, a tweet or something, then that Schadenfreude will be experienced on mass scale. True, yeah. So somebody somebody tries to point out why the why somebody was an idiot in a tweet, and they've got it completely wrong. Yeah, it's quite funny. Yeah. That feeling of superiority, yeah, it's great. What did what did another aspect in that article, John, that I thought was really interesting is that how you might be able to use schadenfreude when you experience it to better understand some of the relationships you have or better understand your own psychology. Mm-hmm. So if you do acknowledge yourself feeling schadenfreude, joy at others' misfortunes, then you could stop and try and understand why that might be. And that might tell you something that you want to work on uh, either with that relationship that you have with the, the the person whose misfortunes you've experienced, or perhaps I don't know some some of your own I don't know maybe insecurities, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. And I remember that that was what I think made me take it on as a, as a concept. Partly because yeah. for a long time I was like, oh, people say this word, and I'm not quite totally sure what it was. And when I was reading about it, I just thought it was really fascinating that it wasn't just this silly thing. Yeah. Of laughing at somebody like a you've been framed kind of video oh they you know tripped over but actually it can tell you about yourself and so i was thinking of like the driving one which is which is something i probably would feel of like being able to go past this driver who was really aggressive to me and there i'm like okay well maybe have i got like a a sense of justice Mm. there that this is the way you ought to operate in this world yeah and and when you're driving and how you should relate to other drivers on the road. And, and that's what's making me feel that. Or, I, I, yeah. Or, you know, I was, trying, I was trying to think of other examples. And I was like, this is the one, you know, finding things that you don't really like about yourself. I was thinking, oh, if you had like somebody who was a massive health food fanatic and then you walk past and you spotted them in McDonald's in the window... Right. Yeah. Right. You might like an, an annoyingly fanatical. Right. Fanatic, annoyingly yeah. fanatical. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> just always just super healthy. I know what you mean. And so and so you know if if I would get that little uh, that little twinge of pleasure at seeing him there, like what is that? Do I wish that I could really eat as well? I wish I had their discipline to eat as well as they do, and it's like satisfying to me that actually. No, they're just like me. <laughs> they're just as bad as me, or something. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it is so fascinating, isn't it, to ask yourself that question: Why am I feeling this? And and a similar one that you're alluding to, Rob, potentially is: Is it a case of if you've 
have fr- if you're friends with the kind of people who will laugh at you when you do something painful to yourself is that a sign that you are with the right people and these are really good friends or is it a sign if you need to find new friends or you know I'm just trying to work this out yeah maybe it's the good or the bad mm. Yeah. Mm. I am still friends with most of the people who <laughs> I've, I love that I've laughed most. at who, who are you? <laughs> Not all, actually. Oh, I was right. going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it just all. a case of be careful who you, you know, be friends with? It's just a lot, yeah. of, a lot of pain with can friend, deride. With friends like this. <laughs> I think, personally, it's important to have friends who will laugh at your misfortune and people who are just a bit too nice to you after you've done something a bit silly. It's potentially, it's not, it, it's not developed to that level of friendship yet. <laughs> I don't, I don't, and I, and I, this is why I'm a bit confused by it as well, because I don't, I don't know if it's schadenfreude that's happening to me when I have had those laughing fits because it's uncontrollable. And I, and I know it's horrible. That's why I've taken myself away because this guy's in pain and I had to take myself away from the scene because I'm still just giggling and laughing and I'd look up and it's not funny. <laughs> this is why i think there's something (laughs) i think there's some kind of like wiring maybe not quite sorted on that thing around those emotions that's that's why i think might be going on there yeah but But it's it is important that like people turn out okay i was thinking of the you know mutual friend who woke up in the morning after having put his face through the wall yeah, <laughs> not realizing it, which in retrospect was quite funny. But he was all right, and if he wasn't yeah. all right, it wouldn't have been funny, right? It's like you know, somebody actually has something really serious happen to them. It's yeah, right, right Rob. <laughs> it's, it's not. Yeah, right. It's not yeah. funny anymore. So should should we feel bad about feeling Schadenfreude? No, I, I think I think sometimes you, you I think sometimes you naturally will feel a bit guilty yeah. or ashamed of it but I, I don't I don't think you should give yourself a hard time about it because it is it is natural human emotions and reacting you potentially got to ask is this good schadenfreude or bad schadenfreude kind of thing is this sort of this is funny and slapstick I'm going to make sure the person's all right but it was quite amusing and don't necessarily let them see that I'm laughing at them or is this like actually slightly evil schadenfreude and maybe if it is then maybe you have to have a bit of a word with yourself yeah or just try and as as we were saying just try and acknowledge and analyze where that's coming from yeah 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 and and there's probably something you need to sort of work out within yourself probably possibly possibly i love these ones like this (laughs) when we're talking about these that are a bit contentious and might put ourselves in bad lights we always take quite a bit of time (laughs) constructing our sentences so that we don't handcuff ourselves Send or, ourselves down. Or sort ourselves out that next week I do something ridiculously stupid. Having said that, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not going to go and wash a glass now. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> or try and kick a football. Yeah, yeah. John, if you could send us a video on how to wash glasses, uh-huh. that'd be great. Any other business on uh, Schadenfreude you wanted to bring up, boys? I think there's my my general practice I learned, and from like Muffrey's law is be humble it's you know it's so easy to start to think you know what's going on but most people don't and half of what you've done is probably luck and it'll probably happen to you next time so be humble and be kind that's my lesson from all of this what a lovely way to round off i think probably the most 
Um, one of the most well-known characters uh, for Schadenfreude is um, Basil Fawlty in the uh, the British sitcom Fawlty Towers from the 70s. Um, loads of stuff, loads of bad stuff happens to Basil. And that is the very nature of the comedy that we all enjoy so much. And it's probably because he's not that nice a character anyway that we don't feel so much sympathy that we can laugh at him quite as much. But um, he, he is probably the uh, the icon of uh, a Schadenfreude in, um, in in what I could think of. Okay, well, having having just admitted to some of our own emotional shortcomings, <laughs> uh, we'd love to hear your experiences right. and your interpretations of Schadenfreude. If you dare send them to us, we're nice people, um, really. We are. We are really. <laughs> I don't, I don't wish um, anybody any ill will. Of course not. Apart from that driver, he cut me off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we'd, we'd love to hear your experience of, of, of schadenfreude, either when you've felt it or even been a victim of somebody else's schadenfreude. Uh, you can send your stories into us via email. Tommy, the address is... Hello at sketchplanations.com. If you hang around for a wee bit longer, we will be going through last week's postbag in just a minute. But for now, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, I'm going to edit out all the bits that were uh, too bad in this podcast that we've said about ourselves. Um, But until next time, go well and stay well. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello, I'm back. That was quick. It's just me this week because, well, it's half term, isn't it? And the boys are away with their young families and quite right too. Having a lovely old time. So let me have a rummage around in our post bag. Um, As a quick reminder, our episode last week was on the law of diminishing returns. Um, I really enjoyed talking about that. I've listened back. It's funny, I listen back to the episodes sometimes, particularly if it's one that I, I really remember editing or I really remember recording because I enjoyed it so much. And the law of diminishing returns, I mean, obviously all of them are excellent. But the law of diminishing returns is really great. I really enjoyed discovering all the different facets that um, that we went through where this applies. Anyway, so Victoria Schmader from Italy has messaged us via LinkedIn. Hello, Victoria. And uh, she says, a very interesting and thought-provoking episode. Thank you very much. And she particularly agrees with our point about cramming in training or overtraining, perhaps, before a race. I'd love to know what race that was, Victoria, because I'm imagining that you have a, an experience from your past in mind here. What kind of race was it, Victoria? And how did you get on? What happened? Let us know. I feel like this needs more more exploration. So, um, yeah, let us know. Thanks for listening. Uh, via Instagram, we had a comment left from at Bobcha9. Uh, saying that he definitely agrees with the relevance of the law of diminishing returns in relation to boozing. We were talking last week about how past a certain point of alcohol intake, the, how would you say, like the increasing, the increasing enjoyment, the increasing fun all starts to tail off. And possibly if the increase, your consumption just continues, then I mean, just it goes to hell in a handcart. Um, and Bob Bobcha Nine goes on to say that this is especially true now that he's in his forties. Here, here, Bobcha Nine. Here, here. I feel your pain. Uh, thanks for your message. 
Chris has messaged us to say that he thought our episode on Diminishing Returns was one of our best yet. Brilliant. Thanks, Chris. Specifically, he found the conversation around the 80% of problems picked up in five user acceptance testing. Five user acceptance... Easy for me to say. Five user acceptance tests. Um, very helpful. Um, I remember we talked about that right at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, a point from Jono, who, who obviously works very much in this field. Um, and it sounds like Chris probably does as well. Chris goes on to mention the Ed Emberley simple drawing technique. Uh, and I think this must have been from a previous episode, an earlier episode. I may be wrong. It might have been in last week's. So Ed Emberley is an illustrator and artist. And he's he's got various books out that show you a very simple technique to draw a whole host of different things. And um, it must have been in reference to... Jono's sketchplanation on how to draw a unicorn using Ed Emberley's simple technique. And Chris says uh, he's going to enjoy trying some of those with his young kids. Um, and from the message, he also implies that he'll get something from that as well. I think I would. Anyway, check it out. Go and look up Ed Emberley and you'll see what I mean. And finally, we have a message on Twitter from at Motion Girly. Uh, they've put in a request for a sketch which I know Jono's seen and I know he's acknowledged that and I think it's actually on his list of sketches to do at some point in the future. Um, and it, this 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 suggestion would have been perfect to include in our words compilation episode that we did in series one because at Motion Girly has pointed out the wrong use of I instead of me in somebody's sentence construction in a post that one of us put out last week. Um, now I know the difference of when you should use I and when you should use me I know Jono does as well Tommy probably knows it as well but I find that I I just revert to what I was taught as a school kid it's just been in, ingrained into the old brain box there um, that it should be and I at the end when you reference yourself um, in a list of people but I know that isn't always the case. I know that when I stop and think about it grammatically. And if I, if I do remember to think about it when I'm writing or when I'm talking, then I will get it right. But through a conscious kind of thought process rather than, well, what this is, this is a weakness in, in my grammar for that kind of unconscious speech or unconscious writing when you're just getting stuff down. Um, I forget to think about it. But you're right. Thank you very much at Motion Gurley. One of us got that wrong, but more than one of us has definitely got that wrong in the past as well. <laughs> so I look forward to, well, hopefully we all look forward to Jono putting out a sketch on that at some point. And finally, before I leave you, a quick reminder about Big Ideas, Little Pictures, the book of sketch relations, which is out on pre-order now. And the best way to find out about that and indeed to put in for a pre-order is to go to sketchrelations.com forward slash book. Okay, that's it. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for sending in your messages. We absolutely love receiving them all. And we'll be back with more next week. Bye-bye. All music on this podcast series is sourced from the very talented Frank Cinelli. And you can find loads more tracks at frankcinelli.com.